This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. Pre-season is now over and the 2022-23 season is upon us. We'll take a look back on this unbeaten pre-season which concluded with an impressive 1-1 draw with West Ham last weekend. Our eyes will then turn to, the, to our first game of the season at our home to bogey team Birmingham City before making our loop based season predictions. With Billy away in Amsterdam, I've taken up the host of Mantle for this week and I'm joined by Oak Road Pod veteran Dylan Bundia, Oak Road Pod newbie Jake Blackwood and special guest Ian Robertson of We Are Luton Town. Lads, how are you all doing? Good, mate. I, I, wouldn't quite, I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't quite describe myself as a veteran of the Oak Road Pod, <laughs> but, but I appreciate it, Jamie. I appreciate it. One you are season, by now, mate. Five. Season two. You are by now. <laughs> yeah, I would. I wouldn't describe myself as special, but here we are. <laughs> and and Jake, welcome your your first pod on the Oak Road Hatter Pod. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm not bad. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's good, it's good to have you. It's good to have you. Let, let, let's let's waste no time. We've got lots to talk about with the new season ahead of us. Let's let's start by taking a quick look back on what has been a really compressed pre-season. Our first game hitching only took place around four weeks ago, which in turn was only about six weeks after our playoff defeat at Huddersfield. So it's flown by and I'm, sh- I'm sure Nathan would have preferred a bit longer preparing for the new season. But we went unbeaten and importantly are seemingly free of any new serious injuries. So Ian, what what you made of, of the past four weeks? Yeah, it's been good. Um, I would quite have liked a couple of the injuries to have had a good pre-season. Um, you know, uh, namely the midfielder we got from Derby, uh, but the results have been good, and you can see you can see the difference in uh, playing style we've been trying to adapt to. You know, a little bit more possession in the final third, and you know it's coming off a little bit. You can see what he's trying to do. He, he kind of intimated that's what he was going to do in his coach's voices interview a, a couple of months back, and you can see that he's, he's starting to implement that now. And 
hopefully that'll uh, that'll help us when we we start the season. Yeah, I think that's a great point in terms of playing style. And I guess let's go straight on to that with regards to the West Ham game. It, of course, pre-season ended last weekend with a, a good 1-1 draw against what was essentially a first-choice West Ham United who, under David Moyes, I thought they've, they've looked really good in, in the top flight and finished in the Conference League places last season. So, usually pre-season friendlies get, get the boring tag, but I thought it was actually a brilliant game. Um, what did you make of that performance? And, and I guess did and specifically on on that playing style point that that Ian raised. Yeah, I think look, you know, to get a one-one draw against a team in the Europa League is it's fantastic, and it, you know, we yeah, there are some little changes that we're making, and I think that's mostly because of the personnel that we brought in in that midfield with Freeman, with Watson, um, you know, with Woodrow, you know, play feet a little bit more. But I think also, you know, we are we are who we are, and and you could see we, you know, the setup out of possession especially was was pretty much the same as, as we always do, which is great because we're playing with West Ham and we're still playing the way we do. But, you know, we went man-to-man in the midfield, um, pressed them really high, tried to win the ball high. And, and yeah, and then in possession, you know, at points, we're going to try and build out a little bit more. But we know with Colin Morris, with Adebayo, with Jerome, you know, these guys are physical threats as well. So I think, yeah, you know, maybe Nathan is just thinking, can we vary our play a little bit more? But, yeah, no, I thought stylistically we, you know, we, we, we have an identity now and, and, I thought it was excellent that we just didn't care we were playing against West Ham and, and, and all their brilliant players that they've got. And, and we stuck to to how we play. And I guess, Jake, if you if you look at it to the next season, quite clearly, obviously, the Premier League is is the, the, the dream for us all as fans. But realistically, do, do you think the Luton fan base would, would accept maybe going back to like an eighth, ninth, tenth position to actually prioritise developing that playing style? Um, I think you're always going to get mixed opinions on that because um, obviously a lot of Luton fans aren't happy no matter where we finish. Like They always want more. But seeing where we finished last season pushing for promotion in those playoff spots is unreal. So, But I, I personally would like to uh, develop that playing style. Um, if we stay in the championship, that's that's all I'm happy with. But I don't know. I don't think you can always make everybody happy. Some people want more. Other people want different things. So like if they want the new playing style, they're going to have to take a step back, but it's just a different opinions, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think, you know, I've, I've said to a few people, it's, it's a lot stronger league this year. And although we've, I feel we've, we've made ourselves stronger with our recruitment, it is a little bit of a, a more difficult season uh, ahead. I think if you can call it a transition, a mini transition into, you know, relinquishing, um, possession of the ball to then having the possession in the final third. I think that's going to take a little bit of time. Um, I was quite pleased to see what we did with that in pre-season and we seem to have adapted well. But um, I think, you know, for me, I think if we get anywhere near where we were last year with that transitional play, then, you know, the scope over the next three or four seasons is looking good for me. And I think, you know, that's what he wants to do and how well we adapt to that and how quickly we adapt to it is going to be the key, I think. Um, we've certainly got the players to do it now. We've got a little bit more creativity in midfield with the signings that we've brought in to be able to play that way. Um, and we've lightened the load up top with Woodrow and, and Morris with Adebayo um, taking the brunt of that last season. So I think, you know, we've got the tools to do it and we've got the managers to do it. We've got the coaching staff to do it. I think, you know, we're in for a good season. I think, I think, you know, what is it not to look forward to? Yeah, I think it's an interesting point you said about uh, the, the league being stronger this season. I, I, I agree, and I think Benjamin Bloom, as part of his one twenty four, he mentioned that he thought the league was a bit stronger, and there's that 
natural glass ceiling that he, he seems has been imposed on a, on a few sides this season, like the Coventries. And I guess you would include us into that as well, just because of the the strength and depth in this league. But obviously, we don't Luton don't respect glass ceilings, and and we we have had to progress this season just just to stand still. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we've we've certainly added quality, and I think we've needed to do that. Um, but I think. The, the biggest part for us this year is the, the strength in depth, not just with our first team squad, but the development players that we've, we seem to be bringing through. Um, you know, we've, we struggled really badly with obviously injuries in, in patches last season, but certainly towards the end of last season. And I think if, if there's one thing that stands us in good stead to be able to, to break any potential glass ceilings, it's our strength in depth up top and in midfield. I think, you know, the goalkeeper situation was an absolute nightmare last season. And um, I think we've we've sorted that now. There's two potentially good keepers that have come in that can help us with that. But I just think we've we've not left as, as many trap doors with the depth that we've got this year. So, and I think that's, you know, it's a really good sign. And I think, you know, we've got an opportunity to do something this year and better than what we did last year. And I think, you know, proofs in the pudding we've got to do it now we've got the tools to do it I think the the only kind of gap we've got maybe is slightly there's a little bit of a grey area around the Naismith leaving and whether we've filled that but we've got Bell and Osho that can fill in there have they played enough football in that that position for me probably not but they're both very good footballers and, and can do it so yeah, and, and and clearly the squad depth we've got means it's going to be a season of of, of tough choices for Nathan in terms of picking the eleven and picking the eighteen. But the, the first tough choice of the season for Nathan is name in the twenty five man squad. And at the time of recording, it's not formally been announced yet. And excluding the injured James Shea and Glenn Ray, we've got twenty eight first team players, of which I think only Louis Watson meets the under twenty one criteria. So that means. Two players will need to be will need to be moved on either on loan or permanently. So I'll open it up to the floor. Who who do you think Nathan will try and find moves for? I think Pereira is is the one that springs to mind, but he's had such a good preseason, so that immediately becomes really tricky. Then I think you've got to think about. I think Elliot Thorpe will hundred percent be one of those um, because he needs minutes and he he's, we won't play regular football um, for us next season. So I think Elliot Thorpe is, for me, a, a nailed on someone who could go out and loan uh, and get minutes. But it's really tricky then because you've got players like Admiral Musque and Carlos who didn't play many minutes last year who could probably do with minutes. Now, if if they, if they we feel that there are too many players ahead of them and they aren't going to get playing time, then they could be ones to leave, even though they're you know very good players and they would be very good squad options for us. It's a really tricky one. I mean, I don't know what level Louis Watson's at, but I think we brought him into the first team and to supplement that. It's really, really difficult. And I think we're going to have to... It won't just be having, you know, weaker fringe kind of younger players like Elliot Thorpe going on loan and getting experience. It could be the case that players we brought in last summer for first team minutes are going to go on loan um, because we've got so many numbers in the squad at the minute. So it's a really tricky one. And then obviously with that many players, how does the development squad fit into that? Yeah, for sure. And I guess, Jake, just to pick the four names that I think are probably the the four names into two, it's going to be Dion Pereira, it's going to be Elliot Fort, Carlos Mendes Gomez and Admiral Musque are going to be choose two from those four to not make the squad. Who would be your two? I think I'd say Elliot Thorpe and Admiral Musque because with Dion Pereira and Carlos Mendes Gomez, they've showed their promise in the preseason and last season. So obviously you've had Pereira go out on loan, he's shown numbers, he's played well for Bradford, he's rated by their fans. Mendes Gomez, although he's not had enough minutes, whenever he's came on, he seems to have a spark. 
with Mosquay, I don't see it that much. <clears throat> Although some fans do rate him, I don't think he's a player that like does fit in our squad at the moment, does get minutes. There's too many attackers who are going to be ahead of him. I just think going on loan somewhere else may help him out a little bit more this season. Yeah, and, and it's a point that uh, Dylan and Billy and myself have raised on, pre- on previous pods um, in terms of maybe there's some players in, in that sort of attacking midfield position that whilst there's no doubt in their ability as, as players that maybe we might not be the best place for them and, and potentially Dion Pereira comes into that. What have you made of Dion in pre-season, Liam? Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's the one that's kind of shone out, hasn't he? I think, as Dylan alluded to there, um, before the season, pre-season started, we, he would have been one of the ones that had gone out on loan, but he's actually done really well when he's come in. Um, and I think I would have had him in that box for going out maybe to a, a decent League One side. But since he's had, you know, his little inclusions, I think he's done really well. You know, he's shown us that he can have an impact on the game, even though we're... Uh, Nathan didn't like his shot corner at the weekend, but you know it worked well, didn't it? And he's he's certainly provided a, a little bit of um, entertainment. And I think someone else said he does get bombs off seats. I think having five subs this year, we can't not have him in and around the team. I don't think. I think he's you know he's eager, he's hungry as well, and I think he'll uh, he'll have a good impact. He stays for me. Um, and in terms of other loans, I kind of agree with with James and Dylan. You know maybe it's time for Musquay to have a loan. Not that I don't think he's a good player. I think he's a fantastic player. I just think he's been victim to our success, really. And, you know, I think he, he needs some game time to to benefit us, I think. So I think Musquay would maybe be the one or maybe even um, Mendes Gomez getting some game time for six months. I don't know. But one of them two, I think. And Thorpe, obviously. Best turnover on Saturday then, that the first game of the season sees us host Birmingham City at Kenworth Road. Uh, Birmingham have been our bogey team in recent years, not only with the uh, 8-0 aggregate defeat from last season, but we've only actually beat them once since our return to the second tier. They, they've had their, their sort of difficulties both on and off the field, um, but I've appointed a reasonably promising manager in, in, in John Eustace. So what sort of threats do you think they'll have against us at the weekend, Dylan? Yeah, it's a bit unknown, to be honest, because... You know, obviously they've had so many issues, but the squad that they've got is, you know, it's kind of in a similar place to where it was um, at the end of last season. Obviously, I think you know they were they were pretty weak at the end of last season, and and that was, you know, uh, due to a number of things. But you just don't know what we're going to get from them because, as like as we've mentioned before, I mean, it's Birmingham, and it doesn't matter how poor their form is or how bad their players are or whatever. Like they could come and bop us five 0 if they want. So. I don't know. I mean, they're a pretty, they're they're a weak squad, and and obviously they've got Dini and you know they've got Jukovic, who are the big target men. They've got you know it's a really tricky one to 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 measure and understand because they are very light in certain areas. But I think like any game in in the championship, it's going to be difficult as we found out last year. Um, and you know we're going to have to be our absolute best, and it doesn't matter that they've had the financial problems that they've had this summer. And do you think? Birmingham being a bit of an unknown entity. I mean, there's a lot of sides in the league this season that you sort of know what you're going to get. But, Jake, do you think the fact that we don't really know what Birmingham is going to pose to us, if you think that makes it a bit harder to predict? Yeah, but I don't think it's just because it's Birmingham. Obviously, it's the first game of the season. So both teams are going to want to come out and show that they're ready for the season. They're up for it. They want to be up there this season. Obviously, Birmingham, a lot of people are predicting them to be a weak side this season, maybe even to go down because of their troubles on and off the field. They haven't brought in many players, but 
that's just the unknown because you don't know like what they're going to show up with. Last season, we were on good form. We're expecting to beat them. We go get smacked 5-0. So you just never know what's going to happen with them. And I guess on, on that, that Braga side tag, did you think that was Birmingham City or, or Lee Bowyer? Mm, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's Lee Bowyer's style of play, but I'm, I'm honestly not sure because obviously Birmingham... We've lost them twice now, but have we lo- have we lost the other Lee Boyer sides in the past? I can I can tell you. I don't know if any of the other guys know. Yeah, I think that that, yeah, that, that Charlton Charles side in particular was, was was pretty difficult. I, I remember that uh, that away performance, um, well that, that that away game at the Valley after all twenty odd game unbeaten one to then failure to then switch to a diamond and and beat us. That that was that's one. Yeah, that, that, oh that yeah, yeah. No, I do remember that now. I suppose now now he's gone, you can only time will tell at the start of the season if we beat him then. Then I'll tell you next week <laughs> that it's, there, it's Lee Boyer curse. If not, then it's the Birmingham curse. Yeah, I think uh, Lee Bowyer's kind of marker for a good season was beating Luton, wasn't it? <laughs> he loved it, um, no matter where he was. I think he always had that little bit of spice trying to beat us. But um, I think it's a bit of both, actually. You know, they kind of had us last season. I don't know why. I can't put my finger on it. I mean, we didn't, although we got beat 5 0 in the first game, we didn't play horrendously bad. We made a few bad mistakes but we just got caught every single time um so again and it's it's one of them things is bogey sides a real thing you know we had it for years with bristol city um throughout the 90s we had it with york city um this that, that. so you know it's one of them things that I, i've predicted a free one win but anything could happen it's the first game of the season as well so you've got to factor that in um but we're at home you know I think we'll we'll come out positively with it, and it's a game that I I, I see as a bit like the Peterborough game from last season. It is it is is the only important thing just to get three points, no matter what, or or, or are we all looking for a bit more of a of a convincing performance? Well, I think with the with the restricted preseason, it's it, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. I think we've obviously had a short preseason, so. Three points is really what you're looking for, especially with the new the number of new players we've got in. That's going to take a little bit of time to gel as it did last year. So I think like anything, you know, there's 46 games and let's get as many points as we can. Um, obviously, if we perform brilliantly, then that's great. Um, but I think if, if, if we win the game, but we don't play our absolute best, that's fine because we know that that will take a little bit of time and, and that will come. Um, but for me, it's just all about three points. I don't really care about anything else, really. Yeah, just getting off to a strong start of the season. You want those three points on the board. Yeah, same three points. That's all that really matters at this stage. I think once you start getting into the five, six, seventh game of the season, then you start to kind of look at right where where are we at, kind of thing. And and just lastly on on Birmingham specifically, it, it is of course the return of Troy Deeney. I think from memory, it's uh, the first time we played him for for a while, but potentially with with, well, with fans especially. And I'm not sure about you guys, but the fact that I sit. Uh, in the Kenny end behind the goal, I, I'm, I'm dreading a uh, what a sort of Birmingham City taking the lead with Troy Deeney and him wanting to to go to the home fans. Yeah, well, I sit. Uh, I sit a few rows rows behind you, so I'll make sure I'll push you down there first if he does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's he's going to be uh, he's going to be sat on the bench, and I think I don't, I don't know. Uh, he's he's always seems to kind of apart from the end of that Watford game. Uh, last year, oh, sorry, the year before, you know, he, he kind of tries to avoid it, doesn't he? So uh, we'll see what happens. I think it'll add a little bit more spice, if anything, if he does uh, start. So is he their captain? Their captain? Uh, I'm not sure. 
I don't. You would assume so, given the the, yeah. the state of the squad at the moment. But yeah. um, quite possibly, yeah. If we could take a bit more of a medium-term view, obviously Birmingham home to first game, but the following five, they're a, a bit sort of hit and miss in terms of games. Burnley away, then Preston at home, Bristol City away before a midweek trip to Swansea. Oh, actually, it's, it's Bristol City midweek. Swansea away at the weekend and then Sheffield United. So it's a reasonably tough start. What do you think? I don't think there's going to be any easy games this season, though, if I'm honest. So you've just got to take them all as they come. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it is a... I think in terms of travel and stuff, uh, it's a relatively tough start. Um, I don't know. I, I can see us winning three out of the, the first five. I think um, maybe drawing a loss in there. I think we'll have a we'll have a steadyish start. I think toward when you get towards the the second third of the season, when it starts to get a little bit trickier in terms of opponents. I think, but um, again, like Jake says, you can't really underestimate anyone in this league. It is a tough, tough league, and I think sometimes we forget that. You know. I think Sonny Bradley said today to go from 12th to 6th, you don't really understand how big that jump is. It's really big. So for us to have got the points that we did last year against some of the big teams, it was, you know, it's good. And I think it's going to take a lot to get that again, but we've got the squad to do it. So I guess on, on that, let's move on to our, our loop and base season prediction. So I, I, I put five, five questions to you uh, yesterday to, to prep for this pod and, We'll start with, with Dylan first, and um, by the time they listen, listen to this pod, they would have seen our one to twenty fours that that go out. And in terms of um, where where Luton will finish at the end of the season, Dylan, we've gone really bullish um, and put us fourth. Yeah, well, I think you know we we always just seem to get better, and I think this transfer window, there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be better. Um, so yeah, you know what? Why not? And and why not think about let's let's have a little go at the top two. I say that very tentatively, but there's no, absolutely no reason why we shouldn't just cement our place in that playoff spot. Championships are crazy league. All kinds of crazy things can happen. The margins are so fine as we know, but I think we've improved. Um, and I think why not? Why not? Why can't we finish fourth? Why can't we finish third? Do we have any raises on on fourth, Jake or Ian? I said eighth. I didn't think we'd be as strong as last season, but. I hope I'm proven. Oh, mate. Don't know. It's a tough league. You could. You don't know where you're going to finish in this league. I hope we finish in the playoffs, but I'm, I'm not sure it will happen this season. There's a lot of other teams that are strong this season, but I really hope I'm proven wrong. For me, um, I mean, it's it's one of them, isn't it? You always kind of judge it with your heart and your head. Um, I think I've already alluded to to kind of the reasons what, why I would predict where we are. I, I, I'd put seventh, um, obviously, with a little flirt with the playoffs. And main reason for that is because it's a strong, stronger division, and I, I, I just think it might the the changing style of playing might catch us out a little bit, um, and that transition into that, I think you know, it's a lot different game of football going from relinquishing possession and inviting teams on to then starting to boss games a little bit more, which is what wanting to do. And I think whilst fourth would be great, I just think it's going to be slightly harder. It is a better t- better division this year, and so for me, I think we might just miss out on the playoffs. Um, you know, I'm extremely happy to be proven wrong on that. I think we, you know, if we do go higher than that, that's absolutely fantastic. Just taking some uh, some collective predictions from other content creators that sort of looked at the championship. So the boys over at Not the Top Twenty put us seventh. Uh, so did Benjamin Bloom put us seventh. Um, four four two have got us in ninth. Um, Gab Sutton in tenth. 
Uh, the, the bookies average is about tenth, eleventh, and I think that, I think that there's a few teams that are seen as above us in in the odds, such as Coventry and and Hull. And I, I appreciate Hull have, have spent big, but I think it, it's it's a bit brave to put them sort of certainly sort of top six anyway. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on on those collective predictions? Don't mind them at all personally because we like proving people wrong. I mean, I don't think we would be disappointed with finishing. In, outside the playoffs if we gave it a go because you know the margins are so fine but I think that we we don't mind that at all we don't like being favorites you know if, if we're going to go and 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 do obviously in that like you mentioned with Hull you know we have no idea how Hull are going to turn out I don't think we have any idea how Burnley are going to turn out there's a lot of teams in there that are quite unknown at the minute but um but listen who, who cares frankly I don't care um you know we're we've improved our squad and I think we'll just keep getting better and better and I think what you said there, I mean, last season in particular, a lot of fans of other clubs had us as that dark horse tag and quite clearly we, we, we proved a lot of those fans wrong. But we, we've we not seen that this year. Do you think that's more because of the fact that maybe we no longer are dark horses? Maybe fans of other clubs expect us to be to be at that level? Yeah, I think so. I also think there's this weird um, mentality around us doing a Barnsley because we were the dark horses. We we came up to the playoffs out of nowhere and then the next year we're just going to like finish in the bottom three. Um, but it's completely different clubs, completely different strategies, completely different situations. And I think that might play a little part in terms of people just doubting whether we can sustain this. And that's a perfectly valid question um, because, you know, it's difficult to sustain it at this level. But, um, you know, I think that's a little, that's a little thing. But you know what, we aren't, we aren't Barnsley. We aren't, you know, we are tweaking our style of play slightly, but we're not trying to completely change it. We've got the same manager, we've got the same squad. Um, you, you know, we're, we're stronger. We're a hell of a lot stronger than Barnsley were going into their season after the playoffs when they lost DK, they lost Moat, they lost Bellerin Ishmael. Um, you know, it's in, it's incomparable, um, frankly. So, but again, you know, what pundits, pundits, who cares? Um, even though we're pundits, but or are we? But um, but yeah, you know, we just keep proving people wrong and and. And just doing our thing because we've pretty much done it for the last five years. And I think to to, to add to to what Dylan said, I think you know you do get a few people saying, um, "Oh, we're going to do a Barnsley this, that, and the other." But if you actually dissect the people that are saying that, it's not worth any 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 at all, is it really? But I think the main cons- consensus is that we're a top half club now, you know, and that's massive for Luton. Really, that's it. Just shows you know how much respect we've got in the league. Most people are putting us top half most people aren't shocked that we're top half and you know if we went back six seven years ago top half championship club crazy crazy yeah absolutely and we'll move on to the second one so top goal scorer and, and I've I've prepped a second question in anticipation of assuming what all three of you are going to say start with Jake who's your top goal scorer for the 2022-23 season for Luton I think the other two might say the same I'm going to say Adebayo I'm just going to throw out there if he stays fit, he's going to score goals. It's just it's a simple fact. Like he's got he's got all the resources around him now. He's got plenty of players. Even I think he's got better players around him than last season, and it's just going to be a gateway to score even more goals than last year. Yeah, I agree with with Jake. I think providing uh, we keep him past January, he'll be our top goal scorer. Um, it's a harder choice this year, given the people that we've recruited. But yeah, I think you you can't really look past Adebayo really. Yeah, no question in my mind. Um, obviously, like Ian said, if we keep him, he'll score goals, and yeah, he's he's, he's fantastic. He'll score. He'll be our top goal scorer if we manage to hold on to him. 
Yeah, agreed. And I think the fact that he's now into his second full season with with Luton under under Nathan, and like you said, we've now got more help for him in in, in Carlton Morris and Cordy Woodrow and other players that are just getting better. It's it, I think it's going to be a hard choice to not go with Adebayo. But having said that. Who is your top goal scorer minus Adebayo? Assume Adebayo leaves in January, for example. Who is your top goal scorer? So I went with Morris. Um, that's who I was going to pick. I think if, you know, and he was on the list and then Woodrow, but I think if Adebayo does leave, then then Morris kind of slips into his shoes a little bit. Um, but I think he'll, he'll have a nice contrast and we'll use him sparingly with Adebayo as well, I think. Um, it'll be interesting to see who he kind of wants to rely on up front um, at the start of the season. But yeah, Morris for me, I think you look at his goal ratio last year, yes, he had some injuries and stuff, but you factor that into our team and the service we can give him, I think he scores more. So, you know, Morris for me. Anyone different to Morris? Yeah, it was a tricky one. I mean, I'd love to say Luke Berry. I absolutely love it, but um, probably not. So, tricky one between Morris and Woodrow. I'm going to go with Woodrow just because I think because of how much we've strengthened that front two, and I don't see Woodrow necessarily as a front two player for us, the amount of space that's going to be created in that pocket behind them for Woodrow to attack into um, is going to be really, really good. And I think Woodrow is lethal from those areas. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go Woodrow. Woodrow. It was a tough one between him and Morris. Um, and also, let's not forget about Harry Cornick as well, because he scored loads of goals last season. Um, but I think Woodrow will just about um, will just be there behind Elijah. I would say Cornick again, but I I'm, I'm not sure how much game time he's going to get. Obviously, he performed well last season, but we've got so many players coming in this year. So, I would say it's between Hill, uh, sorry, not Hilton, Cornick or Carlton Morris. I wish it was Hilton, but he's not here anymore. Uh, Cornick or Carlton Morris. I think it's quite an obvious one. Everyone else is saying the similar sort of answers, but I don't know if Carlton Morris is able to keep himself fit. Because last season he picked up a lot of injuries. Obviously, we had a lot of injuries last year due to our style of play. If he could keep himself fit, I think it'll be Carter Morris. But if not, I'm going to go with Cornick. I think if we could put Hilton in like an anti-aging machine and get him about five, six years younger, I think I'd agree with you. He'd uh, he'd tear up the league for sure. Um, but we'll, we'll move on to player of the season. So try and not be boring and say Adebayo just because you're top goal scorer. Don't want to go with Campbell again. I want to go with someone different. I think from his pre-season, he's looked decent. I think he's going to be a player that Jones develops really well. I think Alfie Dolty will do really well this season. I think he'll be a standout player for Luton. Yeah, I'm not that far away. I think I, I like Doherty. You know, he looked great against West Ham, didn't he? But I think um, for me, it's, it's going to be Campbell again. I think he's going to progress even more than he did last year for me, um, especially with the, the, the new players he's got around him. Uh, he just oozes quality, and I love watching him. I've, you know, he's one of them Kevin Nichol type, but I just love watching him play football. I could just sit there and watch him all day. Um, so for me, yeah, Alan Campbell all day long. Yeah, I'm with Ian on that. Um, I think Campbell will be absolutely. You know, he really came to the fore in the second half of last season, and I think he's just going to carry on that momentum. Um, he just fits everything that we do so well, and everyone knows what he's really good at, and he's just getting so much better with the ball at his feet as well. So. Yeah, for me, it'll be Campbell. Doughty's a great shout as well. I think he'll be really good. I think he'll need a bit of time to just bed in because he hasn't played much um, recently. And obviously, Amari Bell is fantastic there. But I just think Campbell from game one to 46 will just be fantastic as long as he stays fit. Yeah, the only reason I want to go with someone like Campbell or Adebo is because I can just see him getting picked up in, in January, sadly. 
if they're playing that well again, like last season, I can just see teams snapping them up like that. Well, I hope not. Um, for me, I've gone Gabe Oshay. For me, I, I I can see him keeping Bradley out the side coming coming into the season. I think if we get to February or March, I think Oshay nails down that middle centre back role. I, I think he's fantastic, and and to pick him up on a free, what was eighteen months two years ago, is um is crazy business. Yeah, I, I love Oshay. Um, I think you know if if any any player I want to progress more than anybody in our team, it's Oshay. I just think. He's got all the attributes there to be an absolute baller. You know, we've seen it in glimpses, and I, I do. I love him as a footballer. I thought he did really well um, in that in that hole against West Ham the other day. Absolutely love him. If he's player of the season, I'll be happy with that. Yeah, I thought he looked brilliant before his injury last year. So hopefully he comes back and does the same. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on to young player this season. I'm not sure if any of you had had Gabe Osher as young player this season, but is there any other other shouts for that? Yeah, I mean, I had I had Osho down as my young player of the season. Um, I guess you could probably put Doughty in there because Doughty is 22, isn't he? He's 22 or 23. He's 23. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's 23. So yeah, I mean, I would I would have Osho down there as our young player of the season. But yeah, Doughty would be a great shout as well. Um, I think you know he's he's got everything that we want in a left wing back. But for me, yeah, I, apart from apart from Doughty, Osho is. Again, you know, I echo everything you guys have said about him. Um, he'll be excellent for us. And, and, you know, we're just using that against West Ham. We just use that middle of the back three player a little bit differently, pushing him a bit further forward when we add the ball to create a little bit more of a diamond. Um, obviously, without it, it was more of a back three. But I think that really suits him as well because he can do both. Yeah, for me, it was Osho as well. Maybe Dark Horse with Piera if... Uh... He starts progressing the way we we can kind of see him doing. Again, they're both kind of twenty three, aren't they? So they're not that young, but you know, young in terms of our squad. So I think either that, either one of them two would be great. Yeah, I agree with Ian. We haven't got the youngest of squads this season. Maybe if someone comes in from the development squad, but I'm not sure how they'll fit in with such a large squad this season. But probably probably Gabe Osho. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a fair point. We've not really got any any sort of like youngsters that are at the fore, but we've got quite a lot in that twenty one to twenty five age bracket that still are nowhere near the ceiling. But if if we were to go on to maybe an age bracket down, we, we've seen a lot of of the development squad during pre season in terms of scoring goals for fun. Is there anyone from that squad that you you can see breaking through? Um, one of my mates from school, Josh Allen, he scores goals for fun in that development squad. He's got hat tricks like pretty much every week. It's unreal. But I'm not sure because obviously as a striker, it's difficult to break through to a team like that. Maybe if we were a couple of seasons ago back in League Two, it would be easier for him. But now we're in the Championship, I think he'd probably have to go on loan somewhere before he can get into our team. I'd quite like to have seen Ed McJanet come through. I, I agree. Josh Allen is every week. I think I tweet about him every week when the games are on, but he just, he's scoring for fun, isn't he? And uh, I'd quite like to see him either come up a level or maybe go out on loan. Both of them too. Uh, a due that time, type of game time, I think. Um, start pushing them on a little bit because I think it's quite clear to see for Josh Allen he's he's you know way way ahead of everybody else in terms of who they're playing. Um, and and Ed's just been on such a, a good journey. I think you know seeing him progress through it would be fantastic for us. Yeah, they've both got such a good link up with each other. I watched them play at Leighton Town. Sadly, we didn't win the game. We lost on penalties, but. They just together they come as a package. They play really well together, so yeah. hopefully something good for them in the future. And they've just signed new contracts. I think they're pro contracts now. 
What about Casey Petit? Obviously, I think it, for me in, in the squad, we, we lack maybe that defensive midfielder a little bit. I mean, Alan Campbell, you could say, but he's more of like a box-to-box type. But in terms of like, like an out-and-out sitter in that midfield, do you think Casey Petit could, could, could step up in, into the first team in, in that role? I think it's so difficult because, you know, for asking these guys to come in straight from the de- development squad into championship football, it's, it's, it's a huge step. And, and part of the reason why we've got Paul Hart in the academy now, we're trying to get the dome, we're trying to get to Cat 2, uh, Cat 1 status, I think, um, is to bridge that gap because there is a massive gap. And like, obviously, Casey Petit looked really good against Peterborough, set up Cornick's goal brilliantly. But he was playing in Tier 6, I think, on loan, Tier 6 or Tier 7. Mm-hmm. So it's a really, really big jump. But, you know, all we... It's, so, and I think Josh Nerfville is the kind of litmus test here because Josh Nerfville is obviously the strongest player in that development group, I think. Um, but he's gone on loan to League 2 um, and had a really good year in the, in the National League. So any of these guys better than Josh Nerfville, I don't know. Um, I haven't watched them enough. But I hope... I don't think this year, in the next two, three years, is the year where these guys will really start to come in and affect the championship. I think that will take a lot. It's a bit more of a longer process. As much as we really want these guys coming in and, and playing... It's a longer process because there is a big gap to bridge just because, as NJ has said, we've, we've progressed so fast in the last four or five years that the academy, you know, that takes a little bit more time to, to keep pace with that. Yeah, it's just how we're managing it, isn't it? We've, we've learned some stuff. I think I, I agree with you there, Dylan. It, there is a bit of a gap there. And I think, you know, we've, we've suffered a little bit as, as the success we've had, not been able to pull these guys through. But, um, you know, we had some good loans with some Casey last year. Had some good loans and studied Josh at Yeovil. So hopefully that kind of method continues and we can start seeing him coming through. For sure. And, and lastly, then, new signing of the season. I know Jake mentioned Alfie Doughty as his young player this season, but any other picks for new signing of the season? Um, for me, uh, probably probably it's got to be Morris. I think it's difficult, isn't it? So Woodrow and Morris probably are the headliners in terms of what we're going to see in terms of output, maybe. Maybe Doherty as well, but they've all had injury issues, so it's all dependent on that, really. Um, but I just think, you know, I saw Morris when he came on against West Ham, he looks so strong. Um, for me, it's probably going to be Morris. I, I can't really shy away from him, I don't think. I think um, I think Woodrow, again, it's a tight one between him and Morris, but I think Woodrow just, just he's just very different to what we've got at the minute. Um, you know, I think Luke Berry is the only midfielder with his kind of profile and, and Woodrow is better than Berry, I think. So in terms of how sharp he is around the box, you know, we've got Clark and, and Lansbury and Pelly who are very different types of players to him. But I think Woodrow will really come in and fill a role that we needed to fill this summer um, and do it really well. Whilst Woodrow is excellent, but, it, you know, we've got similar profiles to him in, in that squad, I think. I think for me, I'm going to throw a curveball as, as host and that's what hosts are meant to do. I'm going to go Ethan Horvath. I can see him making a big save away at Watford, uh, a penalty save at home to Watford. And I think I, I can see him taking us all the way this season. What do you think about that? I don't think you're going to be far away. Everyone's picked him on the dream team selections, haven't they? It seems to be the, the number one choice. Um yeah, he looked he looked good, especially with the one on one against West Ham the other day. He looked really really good. I think sometimes you you don't your first look isn't to go for look at the keeper, is it? When you you're looking at players, but I think he'll be uh, another American favourite goalkeeper that we're going to have at Kenilworth Road. I think I think he'll he'll definitely go to that. It's just a shame we couldn't get him on the permanent. 
Um, just fingers crossed that uh, that Notts Forest they they do well this year, and then they don't want him at the end of the year. So uh, I'm sure there's some sort of clause in the contract. I hope anyway, because uh, you, you know what what Nathan's thoughts on on loans are, especially in goal. Well, that brings us to a close for this week's pod. Thanks to Dylan, Jake and Ian for joining me today as we all get excited for the upcoming season. Don't forget to check out our written content at www.oakroadhash.com as we've recruited two new writers, including Jake, who's joined us on the podcast today. Follow us on all of our socials, details of which will be in the description and, of course, a five-star review on your podcast of choice. I've been Jamie Castle. Bye for now. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.